Hey, welcome to the Morning Show Podcast. This is Pastor Rob and Pastor Dave dropping some knowledge, dropping some cultural criticisms, and all things related to coffee. What is the Morning Show? Well, it's about helping the church navigate cultural and theological topics from a biblical perspective, featuring weekly special guests and the pastors of First Baptist Eve. Make sure you follow us and like us on Facebook and the Twitter page. Let's start the show. Hey, good morning and welcome to the morning show. It is season two, episode two. Yeah, 2.2 2 in 2020. I got nothing. Go ahead. 2. Uh, February. No. It's, no, we're not February. I'm trying to see how many twos I could get. You've got to get more coffee in that cup. Yeah, man. yeah. You are not. The palindrome things are gone. Uh, We've already gotten past that part. The what? The palindrome. People were talking about how it was like 1, 21, 21, or something. Oh, okay. Or we're past that. We don't have that yeah. anymore. We got to wait for 21. I don't know. I'm just waiting for <laughs> something to happen that will refill my coffee cup. Um, hey, so we uh, we have uh, someone who's excited about Kansas City on the show this morning. Um, yeah. And clearly your guy has made it to the Super Bowl. Not your team, but your yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I'm a little struggling there. I guess I'm going to cheer for Brady to take it. I don't know. Might I don't well. know. I just... Like, I feel like Patrick is slightly boisterous, shall we say? Um, trying to say this in a positive sense. And then there's Brady, who's got, like, more rings than Zale's diamonds. So, I, I don't – and I feel like we're always doing an open sports commentary at the beginning of the show. <laughs> Maybe yeah. we should probably pick something, Find something else. else. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, reading any other wonderful things on – Wow. Transition. I try. Uh <laughs> Figured we were sinking, thought I'd try something else, throw a line, see if it bites. <laughs> wow. Um, what are we talking about right now? What's the topic of the day, of the moment? Uh, topic of the moment, I, I was going to ask if you're reading anything enlightening at the moment. Since we're talking about wisdom. anything enlightening? Um, yeah, to be honest, I'm pretty, I've got a pretty neck deep in doctoral work, and so everything is why they call it a terminal degree yeah yeah everything is related around that which right now is is effectively reading everything written about biblical theology and expository preaching reading's a generous term Um, so none of your professors are watching right now no (laughs) Um, (laughs) just checking but one of the books they recommend in the program is called how to read a book which uh, dr chipman when he was here in the fall, that is talked true. about, and that book tells you you don't have to read to get what you need out of the book. You don't have to read every word. So does that apply to conversations or just reading? Wait, what? I wasn't listening. <laughs> there so it is. today we've got uh, Brett McCracken on the show, and uh, we're excited to have him. I didn't do it. No, did you like? Yeah, that was good. Um, and he's gonna be talking about wisdom, which obviously a huge topic, and how do we find wisdom in a world? Where there is a ton of information, mm-hmm. but there's mm-hmm. not necessarily wisdom. Yeah, we are consuming information too quickly. We are consuming it too much. And then we're just not even picking good things to be consuming. So uh, we're excited to have Brett on the morning show. So let's bring him in. Uh, hey, so we have live in the studio with us Mr. Brett McCracken from Gospel Coalition, well established author and web blogger. Uh, but we're really excited to have him in here to talk about his brand new book. Coming up soon, the Wisdom Pyramid. Hello, sir. Hello. Greetings from Wintry, California, where it's 58 degrees. It's Are you in Northern California? Southern. Southern, Southern California, but um, 
yeah, we're we're experiencing our biggest winter storm of the year right now with rain and gusty winds. Thank you. Thank you for <laughs> rubbing that in. Yes, I heard you guys are opening up though. I heard California is uh, opening up maybe to, to what? For like restaurants and stuff. Oh, I saw something about that too, but I don't know what that means or. Yeah. Yeah, I, I got to ask, so since you're a, a kind of California native at the moment, uh, what is your secret in and out order? I don't have one because I'm a bad Californian and I don't really like in and out. So maybe that's heresy, but um, it's good. I prefer I prefer Shake Shack. Ooh, Shake Shack. Well, yeah. well played, sir. I've had in and out one time and I was like in and out with it. I, I mean, it was like, okay, this is this is fine, but I don't know that it was worth the hype. Like, right. I mean, it was, yep. I mean, it was all right. Shake Shack, however, is worth the hype. Okay. I've yeah. not done Shake Shack. There's one at Easton. Oh, well, we'll uh, we have not brought you on to talk about fast food <laughs> and random burgers. Uh, you actually have wisdom. Uh, you've literally written about wisdom. Uh, so you have a new book, uh, the wisdom pyramid. So uh, tell us, how did you inspire to come across this book? Yeah, it's actually not, completely unrelated from fast food, I think, because mm. part of my inspiration for the book was the concept of the food pyramid, which um, if you remember from childhood, you know, it was the illustration that was used to teach children how to have a healthy, balanced diet right. of food. And I was thinking about uh, just our, our problems in the the internet age with knowing kind of what to trust and there's so much so much information and i feel like it's making us sick uh, spiritually and um, so how can we be healthier um, mentally and spiritually in this overstimulated age so i thought about well maybe we could take the idea of the food pyramid and think about what would that what would a balanced diet for wisdom look like in terms of categories of information and categories of knowledge that are more conducive to health. So um, just like in the food pyramid, the, the top level was the worst, right? It was the dessert category, the fats, oils, right. and sweets. You mean the best. And I think yes. it said like use sparingly was the guidance for that category. I put um, social media and the internet in that um, kind of fast food, junk food category. And then at the bottom of my food pyramid or wisdom pyramid, um, I put the Bible. So just like the foundation of the food pyramid was, I think, the bread group, um, I put scripture. It's our daily bread. It's what we, we have to feast on that. Um, the word of God, um, it needs to be absolutely foundational in our diet. And then there's other categories that are that are in the wisdom pyramid that I talk about in the book and um, we can talk about here if you want, but the general idea was just to help people um, have a paradigm, have a grid um, to, to think through, like given all the things I could fill my mind with and fill my heart with in this over mediated age that we live in, how do I know where to look? What, what should be the primary sources of my information? Um, what are the most trustworthy sources out there? I think we desperately need a rubric like that just to help yeah. guide our habits. And so um, I just have felt it in my own life um, when I'm, I, I wake up every morning and I'm tempted to just look at my phone and start scrolling. Just I'm, it's, we're, we're conditioned to do that. And it's like a all day, every day, you're just like 
snacking on this junk food of um, social media and whatever the internet is produced on any given day for you to be distracted by. And when you have a steady diet of that, it just makes you sick. And I think we're seeing that in our society. It feels like we're wasting away um, spiritually because of this sickness, this horrible diet that we have. So to me, it feels urgent that we need a better diet. Um, sure. And so that's what this book is, is attempting to help us with. Yeah, no, and I think that's very needed. Like you say, we are just constantly bombarded with information and some of it good, some of it bad, some of it just useless, um, but it's just constantly yeah. hitting us. Um, and you're right, we tend to focus on one side of it, you know, just the, the junk food side, basically. Well, I, I was going to ask, like, part of the discussion here is these terms, I think, sometimes get tossed around kind of interchangeably, like knowledge, wisdom, knowledge, wisdom. People think, if I just have enough knowledge. Yeah. Um, but there's a distinction between those. How would you just decide the two of those? Yeah. Yeah. Knowledge and wisdom are not synonymous. They're not. And um, it's not. Wisdom is not just a matter of having the most uh, just collected information. Um, it's not It's not just about how many degrees you have, because as we all know, there's plenty of brilliant people out there who have multiple PhDs and who are experts in whatever field they're in, and, and yet they're foolish. And, and so there has to be a distinction made between wisdom and knowledge. So in the book, I define the difference as basically like wisdom is what you do with knowledge. It's how you mm. how you live in light of knowledge gained. So with all the information that you consume, with all the knowledge, it's about living rightly. So it's not about necessarily having the right information and the right knowledge. It's about living rightly in the midst of the, the avalanche of information and knowledge uh, that we have. And, and one thing about wisdom that um, is super helpful is that when you when you become wise, it, it functions as this um, filter through which you can better determine trustworthy or untrustworthy information or knowledge. So just like um, with the food pyramid, right? Like if you have a healthy diet, uh, your body becomes more, um, functional it becomes more able to kind of fight off diseases and your immunity is strong and you can right. ward off these various pathogens that are out there and the same is true of wisdom if we can become wise uh, we're bet we're in a better position to um, kind of fend off these toxic diseases that are swimming around in our culture but if you're unwise you're going to be so susceptible you're going to be so vulnerable you're not going to have any immunity in your system to fake news, conspiracy theories, all these um, misleading, you know, things in the internet age. So um, that's why wisdom, I think, is so urgent because it it allows us to sift through the glut of information and knowledge to determine, you know, more effectively what we should listen to, what we should ignore, and uh, it, yeah. So that's kind of a little bit of the difference there and why why it's important. It's a great point because I mean, I remember I'm old enough to remember when you were writing a research paper and your teacher would be like, no, you can't use the internet source because you have to use a book source because they're putting all sorts of hogwash up there. Um, yeah, in the end, that teacher was right. Yeah, yeah, no kidding, huh? 
it's a we've we've lost that critical thinking skill to be able to discern through all the information. Yeah, I mean, how so? Just kind of a little bit of a different question here. How do we? So we want it. We need to get wisdom, and obviously, you know, we're gonna say the Bible is the source of wisdom. Right. Um, but do you have any practical tips? I mean, other than just saying go read your Bible. Uh, I mean, for or people, read your book. Like clearly, that's what yes, we should yeah, also be yeah, yeah. Here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, you know, for the average person who's watching this, it's like you're right. Mm-hmm. I'm getting bombarded mm-hmm. by yeah. bad information all the time. I'm trying to read my Bible. You know, my yeah. Yeah, and and it's not just, I mean, the Bible is the foundation of the wisdom pyramid, but there's other categories too. So um, I'm not just suggesting like only read your Bible and you will become wise. Obviously, that would be a good place to start and it needs to be the foundation. But um, I think that um, the reason why the food pyramid didn't only have the bread group is because you also need these other categories. And um, so it's, it's helpful to have a balanced diet, um, but it's critical that scripture's at the bottom because only scripture, which we believe as Christians is the infallible source of truth. It's the only like foolproof source that we have. Um, when scripture's at the foundation, it functions as this like scaffolding that goes vertically so that all the categories in the pyramid above scripture um, we can glean things from those categories, whether it's books written by, you know, a secular philosopher or beauty, art, whatever. Um, those can be sources of wisdom as well, but only insofar as they don't kind of contradict scripture. So scripture is like this great um, check and balance uh, thing with other sources of truth. So, um, but yeah, to your question of like practical tips beyond just like eat broccoli read scripture. (laughs) Um, I would, one of the things that I talk about in the book, um, and you can kind of notice it if you look at the visual of the wisdom pyramid is from the bottom up, it goes from like older to like newer, more time tested sources to like more. So that's one practical tip that I would say, like in general, in order to be wise, like go with the older rather than the newer, go with the slower rather than the faster. And part of why we're so confused in today's world is the, is because the internet is just constantly churning out this cycle of ephemeral information. It's like literally junk food that goes in and out, right? There's no yeah. you know, nutritional value because it's changing so fast. Yeah, we so in general, like two I think weeks news cycle and now we're down to like yeah, two seconds news cycle. It's a two second news cycle, like and it's it's making us crazy. So that's one practical tip I have. And then another thing that you might you notice in the way that I structure the order of the wisdom pyramid is it goes from the most like proximate to God at the bottom to like the least proximate to God uh, in social media. So hmm. basically the idea there is and it's pretty obvious if you're a Christian, but if God is wisdom incarnate, if he is the source of all wisdom and the standard of all wisdom, then it makes sense that a life oriented around him, where we we value the things that are closest to God, his word in scripture, his people in the church, his creation in nature. That's why nature is the third level of the wisdom pyramid. Those are going to be the more trustworthy sources because they're the closest in proximity to God. So 
that's just another like basic tip that I give. Oh, that's awesome. Perfect. I like it too. Uh, and the way you're orienting this, because it's not just like, you know, like it's some spiritual discipline diet plan or like, just do these X things. Like we need to reestablish the critical thinking skill and be able to weigh these things out. And so I appreciate that that's how you've done this matrix. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't want the book to be like a 12 step like plan <laughs> yeah, for yeah. becoming your best wise self now. Like it really, there's a lot of flexibility Absolutely. within. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just wanted to provide a general kind of framework for like how to like sift through the glut uh, of information and, and where to like prioritize your, your time. So yeah, I think there's a lot of room within it to, mm -hmm. to, figure out for your own life and for your family's life, how do we then live in light of, okay, how, how do we make scripture foundational in our household? How do we prioritize uh, things like nature and beauty and books and all these things? And how do we make, how do we put social media and the internet in, a, in its proper place uh, so that it's not our dominant diet source? Yeah, that's good. And when we talk about being over-informed or gluttonous um i know we've all we've heard of fomo you know the fear of missing out i've got to check instagram every five seconds because i might miss out on something um but what yeah. else what are some of those other symptoms of being over-informed or i don't even almost addicted i think uh, yeah. in some respects yeah yeah there's a lot i mean one of them that i talk about in the book just practically has to do with how our brains function and there's, there's science that has come out that I cite in the book um, with regard to like in this overstimulated age where our brains are having to constantly sift through a ton of information and, and do, do triage really um, every minute of every day trying to figure out like, okay, is this little tidbit of information important or can I discard it? Like our, that's what our brains are having to do constantly in the internet age. And what research is showing is that when your brain spends all of its energy doing triage like that, there's little left for the brain to do critical thinking, right? We're losing the ability to do deep, critical, reflective thinking because we're spending all of our energy just kind of reading through our news feeds, trying to determine like, okay, is this important? Is this um, you know, unimportant, is this true? Is this false? So that's one of the symptoms is just we're, our brains are, are weaker and they're, they're losing key abilities, um, to, to critically think and, and reflect. Um, another one that I talk about in the book is that when we're overwhelmed with information, much of it, um, about things that are far away from our, our local context and our lives, it burdens our brains and it burdens our emotions and our, and our heart um, about the world all the time. On any given day, right, if you open Twitter, there's something that people are getting mad about that happened somewhere in the world. And there's some injustice that we're, that we're being made aware of. And it's not a bad thing to get upset about those injustices. It is actually a good thing that our natural instinct is to right. get mad about that and to want to do something about that. But there's something unhealthy about the fact that we're more and more aware of problems and injustices, 
we're bombarded with news headlines, breaking news about this calamity in this part of the world and this riot or this protest in this part of the world and you know so on and so forth but we can't do much about it right apart from just awareness we can't do much about it about it so that that creates this angst where we're disconnected from um, action uh, I, I talk about in the book neil postman who's a thinker and an author who has been very influential for me he wrote the book amusing ourselves to death uh, back in 1985 very prophetic book but one of the things he talks about in that book is the information action ratio and he says that you know hundreds of years ago for most for most of human history humans um, had a pretty like direct ratio of the information that came into their brains and action that they could take um, with regard to that information but things started to change in the 20th century when certain forms of media and technology started bringing all of this information into our brains, um, things that are happening all over the world, far from our proximate reality. And so suddenly that ratio became very imbalanced. We had way more information, but only a tiny percent of that information had any real actionable quality to it. We couldn't we couldn't do, do much about most of the information that, that was in our brain. And I think that's more true than it's ever been in the internet age, right? Neil Postman was writing about this in the 80s. And hmm. think how much that has even worsened in, yeah. in the days we live in, where there's world. so much information coming at us, but how much of it can we actually do, do anything about? And that, and that is creating this real angst in this it's no wonder we're all so angry all the time, right? Right. Mm. Um, so anyway, that's that's another symptom of information overload. Hmm. Well, before we transition to our fast five segment, uh, where we just completely undermine all of the amazing theology you just dropped on us, um, where can people <laughs> access the book? Where can people access uh, more more about you, sir? Yeah, the book is available to pre-order right now on Amazon. So. Um, you can go ahead and do that. It'll it'll be out on February 9th, so um, very soon. Um, and uh, you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, all the social media sites you want. Although I I, I recognize the irony in promoting <laughs> following me on social media, so I don't blame you if you don't follow me on social media because if you follow my advice in the book, you will not be on social media much. So it's As a weird- you're viewing this on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> you're viewing this on social media. So, but I will say with that, because that's just to preempt any questions about the disconnect there. Like I, I put the internet and social media on the wisdom pyramid. So I could have left it off entirely, right? I, I could have suggested that there's no good to be found online, that there's nothing, there's no wisdom to be gained on social media. but I don't think that's the case. I I, I yeah. think there is some good to be gained. There are gems. Yeah. There there are some redeemable elements to it, and I talk about that in the chapter on the internet in in social media in the book. I go through kind of some of the the real benefits that the internet has brought to us in terms of uh, truth and knowledge and wisdom. So it's not a lost cause entirely, but um, you know just like dessert in the food pyramid it's okay to have it and it's actually a wonderful thing at times um, but if you make 
a staple of your diet, that's where we get into trouble. Very good. Well, sir, are you ready for your random five questions? Yeah, I'm ready. All right, here we go. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, you are a senior editor uh, at the Gospel Coalition, often talking about many pop culture things. So we are going to rack your brain on some things about pop culture. All right. So uh, question number one. Okay. What do you believe to be the most overrated movie franchise? Oh, wow. Okay. Um, overrated movie franchise. Probably, and this is going to get me some haters, but Star Wars. Oh, oh there particularly are technical the, Particularly the right newer here. ones. Particularly all of the Star Wars movies made after the original three. So are you saying seven, eight, nine are worse than one through three? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yes. Wait, which ones were the bad ones, Cetus? See, that's the problem right here. <laughs> I just get confused. At least you and I can talk about it. Which least... ones are better, the new ones or the old ones? Mm -hmm. The original three. The yeah. original three are the, the better. Yeah, yeah. The, better. the best, okay. yeah. I don't you know. Uh, this is a little bit more of a kind of an esoteric question, sir. Uh, but could you answer us, why doesn't Tarzan have a beard? <laughs> I don't know. Every, everyone knows beards, you know, are a sign of uh, wisdom and strength. So and clearly, he's not reformed either. So we know two clearly, things about yeah. Tarzan. Tarzan is not reformed based on his no beard. See, see, there, there is wisdom coming out of this. Uh, question number three, sir. If you had to explain to your kids what your childhood was like using only one movie, which would you pick? Oh man. Wow. Hmm. That is a really good, fun question. Um, <laughs> I The only thing that I can think of is my favorite movie as a child, which doesn't really explain my childhood, but maybe it explains what kind of kid I was. But um, Encino Man was my favorite movie as a kid. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Do you remember that movie? With Polly yeah, Shore. And, yeah, Brendan Fraser, Polly Shore. Brendan Fraser and Polly Shore. Yeah. Sean Astin. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like a caveman who like wakes up or something. Right. Mm -hmm. Oh, my. Can you do Polly Shore? Like, do you have an impression of Polly Shore? No, I don't. But I love, <laughs> I love Polly Shore in that movie. Just checking. Uh, <laughs> question, question number four. Uh, if you could only listen to one album for the rest of your life, uh, which one would you pick, sir? Wow. Good question. Hmm. I feel like I would go with like a classical album, like by by Bach or something. So maybe Bach's St. Matthew's Passion, just a beautiful classic piece of That's symphonic. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're very, you've got a very wide Polly Shore and Bob. I mean, that's <laughs> impressive. Fuck. That's impressive. Very wide. Right. That's that's what happens when you when you have a diet of diverse sources <laughs> of knowledge. I will say so. A uh, quick plug here. Uh, I, I truly appreciate a lot of the articles you write on the Gospel Coalition, particularly about music that is outside of kind of mainstream Christian music. Yeah. Um, so yes, you do have diverse uh, repertoire. <laughs> 
Uh, question number five, sir. This is the last one. Uh, when was the last time you did something for the first time? Oh, hmm. Hmm. Um, well, the thing that comes to mind is um, just travel, because that's an easy one, right? Traveling somewhere for the first time. So I okay. went to New Zealand for the first time, probably the only time um, last January. So it was, it was like that pre-pandemic. All of us can remember the last trip we took before right. COVID hit. So for us, it was a big one. It was to New Zealand, to the land of Middle Earth, and it was amazing so not fair you so you like legit saw places sets of you did the whole tour we didn't do the like official lord of the rings tour but we saw some of the sites some of the locations um and it's i mean the misty mountains that they film are that's kind of where we were in the south yeah. islands and it's beautiful it's it's just as beautiful as the movies make it seem i'm confessing my jealousy today is also mm. the first time he's been on the morning show Oh, oh, there you this, go. Yes. Now you have a new first time for the last time that you've timed. There you go. I can't say that anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Mr. Brett McCracken, thank you so much for coming on the morning show, sir. Uh, thank you again. Yes, thank you. Make sure you check out the book and go to pre-order it. It is something I think we all need and would all benefit in this crazy Amen. world of constant barrage of information. Um, so definitely check it out uh, for sure. All right. Thanks for coming on, sir. Thank you. Yeah, thanks so much. Have a good day. So that was Brett McCracken. Uh, that was really amazing to uh, get to hear him talk about that. Yeah, and I think a topic that is just incredibly relevant. Um, we, we, I don't think we have to convince you um, that we are overloaded with constant information, a constant barrage of information at all times. I think there's this there's a statistic or something of that sort that says something along the lines of we get we have more information every day than they had like in the 1700s their entire life or something you know? yeah he actually uh, made a point uh, somewhere in chapter one introduction or whatever about the amount of information that's being created every day yeah and it was just astronomical it's like something like 365 exabytes a day which is some huge number of data that's just getting put out there constantly um, and, and yeah, we've got to be able to, how to filter. We need to be, you know, wise as serpents, right. And be intrude and be able to discern, you know, kind of that Colossians two, eight thing. So, and I like how he, he said, it's not, you know, it's not just like this five-step plan. If you do these five things, you'll be wise, but it's really a holistic lifestyle mm -hmm. of walking in the spirit of God, uh, being in the Bible, letting your mind and heart be saturated with scripture and allowing that to be the foundation and the perspective with which you view and, mm -hmm. you know, kind of engage uh, other things in life. And a lot of times it's self-control, right? It's not necessarily that we... I don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's not necessarily that we, we you know, we, we know what to do yeah. and we know what we shouldn't do. We know that telling Netflix, yes, we're still here, <laughs> is probably not the right answer that we need to go do something else. I'm hiding Netflix. Yes. You can't see me. Um, or we, we know we don't need to check the phone again. Yeah. Um, but it's that self-control. Yeah. Putting the phone down when you come home from work. Yeah. And leaving it there. Yeah. And so I, I really appreciate the book. Please go out and find the book on Amazon. Pre-order it. Uh, amazing thing. You can follow Brett McCracken 
Uh, obviously, on the Gospel Coalition, writes a lot of amazing articles. Uh, he has his own blog, and he's also written some other great books, including Hipster Christianity, which we should have asked him about. That sounds like a great what book. What is that title. about? I haven't read it. I don't know either. Okay, it sounds we'll like check it out. <laughs> we'll check it out. Um, and don't forget, we are trying something new for a little while here. See how it works. Um, we know your attention span is only so long. Matter of fact, many of you have already tuned out. Yeah. Um, those that are still here, we are moving Table Talk and a discussion every Thursday night at 9 o'clock, the morning show, late night where it's just the pastors talking about a relevant topic, a discipleship topic um, that can help us in our walk and in our relationship with Christ. Last week we talked about difficult passages, and so make sure to tune in this Thursday at 9 o'clock. 9 o'clock, right? 9 o'clock. To see what we're going to be talking about tonight. So we're on Facebook Live, YouTube Live. There's the morning show YouTube. You can check it out. And then also, if you enjoy listening but you don't want to see us, which we understand, um, you can find us anywhere you get podcasts. Uh, droid apple any of those podcast spots uh you can download the podcast and listen uh anytime you want so that's what they mean i have a face for radio yes you have a face for radio yeah cool well on that wonderful bombshell (laughs) have a good week guys we'll see you next week